this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Nice and smooth, Steve. Yeah. Smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. 98.1. Oh my gosh, no. My dad listens to smooth, really? smooth jazz radio. No way. Yeah. No, total way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, well, because the other day on the Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups I see Sahum. Uh-huh. You said that you listen like the music that you listen to is ten years older than the music your parents listen to. And for some reason I just li- picture your dad listening to Herb Alpert all day long. Mm, well, they I did grow up having a record player at home and we did have like a couple Herb Alpert records, but I was the one who put those on. My parents never put them on. It was right. like huh. they listened to that when it was a thing. But I listen to music older than that because I listen to music from like the late fifties, early sixties. Sure. And my parents were kind of came into their own in the late sixties, early seventies, sort of thing. Right. So I'm listening to stuff that's easily a decade earlier than what they listen to. You okay, man? I got a sneeze thing going on all of a sudden. You're allergic. I'm allergic to how slow this is starting. Yeah, it's pretty slow. Yeah. All right, let's just go straight into uh, what we need to talk about. Yeah, here. let's talk about this. Uh, if you are interested in get, making yourself anywhere from one to infinity dollars poor per month. Ah, yeah. Uh, we started kind of a crowdfunding thing, but better than Kickstarter and better than everything else because we just get paid no matter what. And it never stops. It's not like we're trying to find a goal. You just keep giving us money and you never stop. Well, Doesn't I mean, that sound awesome? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have some goals in mind. There are going to be things that make this podcast more awesome. Right. Uh, possibly upgrading mics. Maybe we get some better windscreen so we can eat and record at the same time. <laughs> um, well, first off, I, I, you know, changing gears a little bit. I just want to say thank you to everyone. We've got like 10 pledgers already. We're only two weeks into this. Yes, we do. I'm really. And, and we've really only pushed it hard on the Facebook group. I'm, We've talked I'm about honestly, it here, but like, not too heavy. I feel really just, you know, kind of humbled and kind of like really honored that people are pledging the way they are. Because I set it up to be like, oh, a $1 pledge, $2 pledge. And then as a joke, I did a $5 and $10. Like, ha ha ha, yeah. who's going to do that? Yeah. The majority of them have been $5 and $10. And I, I can't believe it, honestly. Yeah. Well, and you think about it like that's a cup of coffee. That's like a that's like one Starbucks run a month. Yeah. That instead of getting Starbucks, you drink your your gritty work coffee, and you send us your Starbucks money for one day out of the twenty or plus days a month that you work. I mean, not to talk anyone out of it, but the way I've been thinking about it is like a Netflix subscription is like eight ninety nine a month. Yeah. And there's people paying ten dollars a month to us, like. Yeah, we're not well, we're not supplying that, the amount of entertainment you of get that. from Netflix. Uh, you know, once you watch everything you want to watch on Netflix, <laughs> the value of it goes way downhill fast. Sure, sure. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of into watching funky things, so it's it's fine by me. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I'm super humbled. I'm super just grateful to you guys. We're gonna read off some people who have contributed. We're gonna read off basically the rewards here. Um, well, let me read off the rewards, and then you can read off the people who subscribed at that sure. level. Sure. Okay. The $1 rewards. Pledge $1 per month. This is not the lowest amount you can give to the show. $0 is the lowest amount. We will mention each new $1 subscriber at the beginning of the next episode. We might say good things. We might say bad things. That depends on how good or bad you are. So, I think we've only got one. Yeah, we'll just read them all off at the end. No, let's let's do it per, per section. Why? I don't think... That seems kind of... No, let's do it. It's like putting people on blast. Oh, this guy only gave one dollar. Yeah, but he did, but it's more than zero. It is more than zero. I'm super thankful for anyone who wants to do a dollar. All right. We've got like 1,500 listeners. Imagine if everyone did a dollar, just one dollar. I could quit my job. Yeah, well, you got to split it with me. Yeah, well, I could quit half my job we could pay for our medical insurances that's true yeah oh yeah we could pay <laughs> or for we could go on really bitching trips and get really great equipment yeah, we and would, have really awesome prizes if everybody for gave us one dollar we would be at summer nam right now that's absolutely true yeah that is absolutely true 
maybe we'll be there next year. Okay, so who who gave us the one dollar? Uh, are you trying to trick me into reading this after I blasted you for wanting to read this? I'm not tricking you. I think we should read it. All right. Do it in order. All right. So the one dollar people person is Ko Schneider. Ko gave us a dollar. Ad wizard. And we're doing an ad from him today. Yeah, we are. Thanks, Ad Wizard. Ko is a frequent contributor to the show. It doesn't matter how little or how much he gives he's he's been great for the show he gives us ads like all the freaking time yeah Ko's a, a great guy he's been on the show twice now uh four times he came and watched he's been for Post. four episodes oh four episodes <laughs> two separate dates though yeah he's okay. done two sessions um he came and watched uh, the last dinosaur go show that was awesome um yeah thanks Ko. a buck a month that's not chump change man nope that's 12 bucks a year that he's skipping a burrito and a horchata per year for us yeah that's no that's that's no joke all right go to the next one pledge two dollars per month whoa big spender we will thank new subscribers at the beginning of our next episode two dollars a month is a big deal that's your chewing gum budget we don't want you to give up gum just for us so we've got one at two dollars yeah and actually this one is at three dollars oh yeah i didn't even know you could put in a custom amount yeah you can put in it however much you want Hey, that's great. Uh, and that was Richard Morris. Richard, awesome. Who also sent us a pedal to demo that we will send back. And uh, I think we're going we're gonna to do it a mini sode eventually. I'm not sure when. Uh, it'll be in the next week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then $5 per month. We have the most patrons on this. We have five people who hit the $5 per month, which yeah. blows my mind. Uh, pledge $5 per month. You are our best friend. If we ever have merch, we will just send it to you. If we ever get a pallet of timelines sent to us, you will just get one. We are obviously going to talk about you on the show all the time. You will receive an official royal title. Okay, so we need to work up royal titles for all these people. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything ready. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but we got Tim Bolent. Nice. We got Andrew Thomas. Nice. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, I think this is Matt Riddle because it's MH Riddle. Yeah, that's got to be Matt Riddle. That's Matt Riddle. Uh, we have Daniel Tyak. Daniel Tyak was our very first. Yeah, our very first one. Actually, I think even before I knew it was live, he had already given us five bucks. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. And we have one. I don't know who this is. It's the Vindicated Poet. You know who you are, Vindicated Poet. And everyone else on that list, that's incredible, guys. I know a lot of you are, you know, longtime listeners, like... Con- first time like callers. Constant contributors to the show as far as sending stuff in and being active on the Facebook group and everywhere else that we are. Uh, I'm just really, you know, really so thankful that you guys are supporting us yet another way. Like, it's it means a lot to me. Are you ready to move I on? I am ready. Do you have anything else to say? No. You don't want to say thank you, Steve? I think... Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just joking you, man. But just those five people, that's that's 25 bucks a month. I was trying to figure out who the Vindicated Poet was. Okay, that's 25 bucks a month. That's, you know, that's great for us. Yeah. You know, that we're not making a living doing this. No. Uh, but that is, that's beer money. That's food money. That's money that, you know, well, we're actually not pulling out of this stuff for beer and food. But that's money that eventually adds up to us getting merch. We want to do t-shirts. We want to do pint glasses. We want to do stickers, maybe like pick holders if we get like custom printed, like, uh, you know, like Altoid 10 type things. You know what would be, I think would actually be a really cool thing to do, though I don't know how hard it would be to get it done. Uh-huh. Uh, is, uh, Condoms? I think, I think, oh my gosh. <laughs> Gene Simmons gets them done. Uh, he puts I, his face on the end. Do you want your face on the end of a condom? No, I don't. <laughs> uh... I would think it would be really cool to get some, you know, those reverb.com headstock tuners. Yeah. It would be cool to get some 60 cycle hum. Yeah. And then we can send those out. Uh, But I don't know how hard that is. Yeah. So once that kind of stuff printed, when we get merch flowing through all you $5 guys, you're just going to get it. We're just going to send it to you as it comes, you know? So if we get, if we make a shirt and a glass this year, if we get enough money to to fund those things, then you're going to get them. And, you know, as long as you keep uh, pledging, basically. Yep. Um, and so then the $10 level, pledge $10 per month, you receive all benefits listed above, 
Plus, as long as you operate within a few guidelines, you have the option of being an admin on the 60 Cycle Hum Facebook group. Three or four admin spots are filled. So I did this thinking that there was no way anyone would do $10 a month. People want that power, man. Yeah, but the people who so far have those admin spots, I have no worries about them. It's a lot of power. Oh, yeah. They can add people to the group. They can subtract well, people they, from the they group. Can, they can't. Actually, anyone can add people to the group. Sure, sure. Uh, but they can approve people who, who like, ask to be in the group, who request to be in the group. They can remove people from the group. Uh-huh. Um... They can add. Uh, they can like change the the cover. I didn't yeah, think about they can. Ch- they can, they tweak can change stuff. their info. They can tweak stuff. Yeah, which Ugh. is you know I'd I'd rather they didn't. I'd rather they talk to us first. Yeah, but that power is there, man. It's it's it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we we've been trying to do like this royal court thing. Yeah, it's like a power struggle. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> stuff is gonna get real. There's gonna be blood on the walls. They can delete spam. Yeah. Ew. They can delete any post. All right. So. <laughs> it's, it got me kind of frightened when I realized that people are doing this, and that's why I limited it to four. Yeah. Originally, it was unlimited. Yeah. If we got every person in the group to pledge $10, we would have like 450 admins, and we would it have- It would just take one person having a bad day yeah. to end the whole thing. Yeah. We would have 45, we would have 450 admins- and we would have $4,500 a month coming in. Hey, man. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll just start a new group every month to deal with the fact that the old group imploded on itself because all the admins yeah. destroyed everything. Yeah. So our $10 level right now, and these people have already been made admins. Uh, Isaac Vining. Uh-huh. Uh, Daniel Shields. Nice. I mean, Daniel Shields is kind of doing a guitar company sort of a thing uh-huh well he has his daniel shields designs that we talked about before um and then we've james, got a bunch of ads from him coming up james soon. smith jr oh nice jimmy smith yeah jimmy jr yeah. who yeah. has already sent us like way more than ten dollars worth of stuff oh yeah well jimmy jr has been funding the show right pretty much he's basically yeah, already, all that too he's basically our og pleasure so this is actually kind of hilarious because he's by, replacing by we're supposed to start paying our own bills soon but by <laughs> makes pledging, us sound like little kids <laughs> it's true it's true like he's been well he has been paying for our hosting our our hosting on podbean yeah and um the the thing that's funny about that is it's eight dollars a month to host through Podbean, and he I talked to him. I was like, dude, like when are you? When's this transfer supposed to happen? Because I want to make sure that it happens. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But now he's pledging ten dollars a month, so he's actually pledged two more dollars. Yeah. that he was already paying to keep this podcast going. Jimmy, you're a nut, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right yeah but it you know this whole, how do you feel about the podcast now after doing this whole thing like do you feel like i feel like i've got more gas in my tank to keep oh, going oh yeah it's empowering yeah and i feel like i've talked about this before like one of the things that i feel like really sets us apart from at least some other podcasts right. some of the bigger some of the other pop- major podcasts podcasts and I'm totally comfortable with putting us in the same category as some of those majors. Sure, we don't have the numbers, of, but we have the quality. Yeah, well, even numbers-wise, I think our numbers are pretty good. They're not crazy, what we're getting there. Right. Um, is is we don't have, like, we're not professional musicians. Like, other podcasts actually have are run by professional musicians. Uh-huh. Or we're people not, who are in the industry of making yeah, things. Yeah, we're not inside the industry we're not operating a storefront. Yeah. So this is just something we do on a Friday after I get off of work and I cruise over to Ryan's house and say, Hey man, we're going to, we're going to record some podcasts here. And, uh, it just is something that is a blast to do. Yeah. And we don't really have an agenda. Nope. Well, we just want to play gears. All, we all might have an agenda when a subscription comes through for like $500 from boss. <laughs> then maybe we'll have an agenda. Uh, but until that happens, which it ho- hopefully never will, I don't know. I hope that we I hope that we do start getting bigger advertisers eventually, but I always want it to be clear the difference between our opinion and our 
us doing an advertisement. Yeah. It will yeah. always be made clear what's going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, this, I think, gives us a little bit of legitimacy, even though, I mean, we've always had, I think we've always had legitimacy. Sure. I think. Um, as much as individual regular people can have. Yeah. But I think this is kind of like a neat thing. And, and I think everyone who listens to our podcast recognizes that we do something we do have a unique angle as kind of amateur players who are also gearheads right um but we don't have a leg in uh in the manufacturing side we don't have a leg in operating a storefront where it's like we kind of have to play nice with people right right or we can trash talk people if we want yeah I mean, they they might not advertise with us in the future, but, you know, maybe their competitor will. So, you know, whatever. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, uh, if you're at any, any uh, gear company and uh, you want to trash talk another gear company... We will do it for just money. Just send us 40 bucks for, Remember how for legitimate? a sponsorship. Remember how legitimate we were just saying we were? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be clear because it will be at the very beginning of an episode. Right. Uh, hey. Anyway, hey, this episode is brought to you by... Blah, hey, blah, guys, blah. this episode is brought to you by MXR Pedals. MXR Pedals wants you to know, if you use Boss, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost our Boss sponsorship. <laughs> but we gained an MXR. So, uh, hey. hey. They've got a couple uh, brands under their wing too. Yeah, way huge. Yeah, they've got they've got some way huge brands. Under they, their they're wing. That's Dunlop too, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Hey, man. Now, does Dunlop own MXR? Or does MXR own Dunlop? I'm not sure. I think they're kind of one in the same. We're so rambling hard. Yeah, now. we need to move on to ads. Ads. But once again, thanks to everyone. We yeah. really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you're if you want to pledge, go to our Podbean page, and there's crowdfunding information there. Uh, and apparently you can give us as much money or as little money as you want. And that includes zero. So yeah, no, I wonder no if pressure. you can, can you give cents? Like if someone wanted to donate one cent, probably not like 50 cents or like, maybe you wanted to be a dollar and th- five cents just so you could be five cents better than co. <laughs> hey, if you guys want to battle it out to see who's the best and I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to stop you guys to see in the competition of who can give more money. All I will, right. I'll keep taking the money. <laughs> All right, let's jump into an ad. Yeah, we're going to start off with a limited edition strat. This was posted to the group originally by uh, by Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. What's his last name? Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith. He posted He's a- uh, Jimmy Smith's cousin. Is he? No. Oh. You had me going there, man. I know. I should have ran with it. Yeah, totally. What if he totally is and we just just instincted it? I think they're not. Uh, So anyways, he posted a a picture to the Facebook group of a pawn shop wall that had a a violin, a saxophone, and a a red Stratocaster with an American flag sticker on it hanging from like the, uh, the wall hanging mounts that you would use to hold up what, like like cables or, yeah, or like a t-shirt or like uh just uh what what's that uh clamshell packaging yeah like this like is hang a bunch of like packaging. headphones off of this in the in the blister packs yeah blister um so this it looks like an american strap being held up by just the jankiest system possible that you could imagine like this thing could fall off any moment here yeah well if they obviously this is in north carolina and not california because there's this thing would fall off the wall with you know each of the earthquakes yeah and get twice at least a, day. a dozen a day yeah totally um so then he he today posted an ad for it that the pawn shop has posted and there's a lot of great pictures of it they're showing it in like in its original case and stuff they want twenty five hundred dollars for it yeah they were they were hanging a twenty five hundred dollar Guitar on the wall with two metal hooks that are meant to hold up blister packs. Yeah, I don't know what exactly. I mean, this is the ad, no joke. Right, Fender Limited Edition, twenty four ninety nine. This is a great deal. Come out and see for yourself. We also buy, sale, and loan. I almost feel like the purpose of this ad isn't to even try to sell the guitar. It's to like trick the local population to like. Well, if they're selling that guitar for $2,500, I wonder how much money they would give me for mine. Oh, yeah. I get that angle. Um, There's because I was I was looking it up. I don't know if there's something special about this particular guitar, but the limited editions that I was seeing on eBay were like 1200 to fifteen. Yeah, I think this is probably an AVRI. 
uh-huh. um, or something similar, uh, maybe a 57 Strat reissue. Um, but I don't know if that's if because this is kind of like a cherry. Is this a? It's is it's this like a candy apple candy red. Candy apple or red. Like that. Yeah, that's that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Which I don't. Was that one of the original Fender colors? No, the original red was Fiesta. Well, Fiesta is a fade. I'm pretty sure. He thinks so? no. Fiesta sh- sh- coral is coral a f- is a fade, fade of, Fiesta. of Fiesta. That's right. Fiesta red is like the original Mustang color. Oh, the car when they were using right. when they were using GM paint back right. in the day. Um, I don't know when the other variations of red came out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. If, I just don't know what makes this a limited edition. I don't know why they believe this is a limited edition. It's just a weird thing that this $2,500 guitar... That's was, a lot for a Fender. Yeah. Like, you need to know exactly what's going on for that much if yeah. you're going to buy a Fender. And there's no information in this ad. There's a bunch of little pictures, but, like, I mean, I'm... Yeah, the whole thing is janky. Like, pawn, let's just talk about pawn shops for a second. Pawn shops are over as far as gear shopping goes, at least in San Diego from what I've seen. Like, yeah, I haven't my, seen good pricing in a pawn shop in a while. I used to buy guitars in pawn shops back in the day, like pre-Craigslist. Right. And it was decent. Like, you were, you were still paying more than you'd pay on Craigslist now, but it was like eBay prices and under. Yeah. Now it's like they're, they want more than original retail. Well, a lot of those guys are, uh, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. A lot of stores are on eBay now. Yeah. So they don't really have the motivation, I don't think, to try to haggle, to in, store. haggle in store. So they price their stuff a little higher, so definitely higher than Craigslist a lot of the time. You think they're trying to take advantage of the fact that the for the most part, if you're in a pawn shop, you're probably someone who makes bad decisions. I wouldn't put it past them. Like you're someone in there and you're selling like your your engagement ring because the girl didn't want to marry you because you're a screw yeah. up, or you're in there selling a bunch of like tools because you're a contractor who can't get work or something like that. Right. Or and then when you come back to get your stuff back is because you got money in your pocket and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get my stuff out of hawk. Oh, I'm going to buy a guitar too. Yeah. I always yeah. wanted to learn to play guitar. So they're kind of like trying to capitalize on that type of person maybe. Yeah. So I'm looking at the thing at this ad. It does have a Fender limited edition neck plate on it. Uh-huh. Um, but again, I don't know what that means. I don't know if limited edition would be the same as like factory special run. Cause I know they have done some factory special runs sure. on uh, American guitars. This does have like the really nice tweed case, not the standard like black plastic case. I mean, the, the guitar looks great. Yeah, the guitar. There looks like there's nothing wrong it with the guitar. It just doesn't look twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, there's no great. way it's twenty five hundred dollars. Let's move on to the next ad. There's nothing left to say about this. It was just an observation about how crummy pawn shops are now. Yeah, you know. Uh, this is that. We're gonna do the mocking. Daniel Shields sent this to us. Uh. Guy who sent us money. Yeah. So we have to read his ads now. Oh my god. <laughs> he is paying us two fifty per episode to read ads. That's how it works, right? You're not good at math. We do we do four episodes a month. He's a ten Oh yeah. He's yeah. a ten dollar guy. I'm bad at math. Okay, so this is a BC Rich Mockingbird electric guitar, but this is we're we're calling it a mocking strat, right? Yeah. Or a mocking caster? Mock now I'll uh, uh, maybe it's a Strato-J. Strato-Bird? Strato-Bird. Strato-Rich. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's call it a mock caster. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this looks like the cheapest of the cheap, like, bronze-level BC yeah, Rich. Yeah, it definitely is. And then it's got the cheapest of the cheap Squire neck on it. <laughs> I, are those the same scale length, you think? I don't see why they wouldn't be. They probably are, huh? Um... A hundred bucks for this thing. Maybe if this guitar had its original neck, it might be close to a hundred bucks. Nah. Maybe. maybe if it had its original body with that neck, it might be close to a hundred bucks. I'm guessing closer to like seventy-five or eighty. Yeah. Um. You combine two eighty-dollar guitars, you don't get a hundred-dollar guitar. No, you get like a you get a forty-dollar $40 guitar. Forty-dollar guitar. <laughs> 
All right, not pl- not playing as much, so thinning the herd. It's a mockingbird body with the original pickups, but I had to replace the neck, so that's a Squire Strat. It's missing one knob, doesn't have strap buttons, and lost a bit of paint on a couple corners, but everything works and, and it plays fine. Can meet halfway if you're coming from a bit of distance. So if it doesn't have strap buttons, that means I can't stand up and play this guitar. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that it plays fine, but... I mean, this is I what they're saying. This is yeah. I I take back my forty dollar thing. This is a thirty dollar guitar. <laughs> uh, you get this just to part it out. Yeah. So what this uh, guitar reminds me of is that Explorer I bought a while ago, where it was the that Explorer body uh-huh. with an all parts neck and an EMG pickup, but those are all like were pretty quality components. Yeah. Um. This not so much. No, this is very funky. It's very weird. I actually had an a, a an itch, a gear building itch, uh, like a year ago or so to, to build a Fender a Fender Mockingbird to make a to take like a a uh, what is the kind that's the X shape? Oh, the Warlock. The, to I take think. like a Warlock and give it the Fender treatment and turn it into like a surf guitar. Right. Like not not change the head the the neck or the headstock or anything, but like paint it seafoam green, give it some kind of like custom cut white pit guard that looks fendery, but then also plays off the aesthetics of the guitar, and then give it single coils, and just turn it into a little surf guitar. Yeah, and I never got around to it, but this is like that. This reminded me of that idea that I had. You know, maybe I'll someday I'll do that, but this is this is but not for a hundred dollars. This is bad. Yeah, I might start with a, a decent BC Rich at a hundred dollars for a project like that. Sure, but it's not this one. I feel like for a little bit more than a hundred, you could probably score like a platinum. Yeah, uh, because one of the, a like lot- the the at least closer to mid range yeah. kind of BC Riches. Yeah, it's not. This is a no buy. Nope. Uh, next one. Who found this? Coded. Coded. The ad wizard. Yeah. All right. I'll pull up the picture. This is on Reverb. It is $125. Free shipping, though. So that's yeah. Inc- yeah. That's a pretty good uh, That's a pretty good price. This is some kind of Fender Stratocaster for $125. Nine skull parts. Package for Fender Strat. Stratocaster. Guitar fits. USA. Mexico Squire. And other Strats. I, this I is not un- for a guitar. This I don't is, understand. This is for... The uh, the parts that are on that are displayed on this guitar that are all skull themed. You got a uh, a skull and batwing themed output jack. You have yeah. skull knobs, three skull knobs. You have a little piece that goes around your uh, your strat switch that has <laughs> yeah. skulls and bones on it. You have another piece that looks like attaches to your pick guard that has a skull like clawing its way out of a hole with like a skeleton hands. And then you've got uh, three pickup rings for your uh, single coils that that repeat the the skull and bat wings and bones theme. Uh, this is not my sort of thing. I don't think I know anyone who likes this sort of thing. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's not into this. <laughs> Rob Zombie is into like funky like voodoo stuff. This is just a bizarre thing. Nine dollars a part, or nine parts for one hundred twenty-five dollars. So you're paying uh, over. You're paying what? Almost fifteen dollars a part, right? I just, I don't know. Yeah, the, I, I, I'm not even going to bother trying to price this stuff out. Um, I have another. Okay, this package is for the following skull, skull parts. I basically just said all this. Oh, I didn't realize there was a list. Yeah, there's a, there's a second picture on the Google Drive. Oh, there it yeah, is. Yeah, you don't even need to read this because I basically went over it. It's all like these pewter or like like cheap metal parts. Probably like cast aluminum or something like that. It says all parts are hand sculpted, hand cast, and hand finished by a professional sculptor in solid metal. Which metal? Well, in this case, it was solid metal. Oh my gosh. I could see... Like putting one of these things at a time on your guitar, like maybe like one skull knob or 
like one of the pickup rings to accent a guitar that's already kind of gothic looking. Sure. Or maybe that output jack. You don't want skull overload? This is too many skulls. Like I, li- I like skulls. I've, I'm an artist who's done a lot of skull pictures over the years. I'm not against skulls. This is too many skulls. There, you know are, you know ten, there are ten skulls on this guitar. You know what's missing is a, uh, is a tremolo bar uh, topper that's a skull. Yeah. And tuning pegs that have skulls on them. You know, they could have uh, uh, strap uh, screws that are... Look uh, like skulls. Look like skulls. And maybe a, uh, a custom uh, neck plate with skulls on it. Yeah. You know what other details could be on this? What? Just skulls. Just, just more, more skulls. S- more skulls. Maybe you can turn your headstock into a skull stock. Yeah, put like, and then like, uh, get a pit guard that's got pictures of skulls on it. Yeah, and then start like like scratching skulls into the paint Mm. of the guitar. There's more skulls you could fit on this. Is what I'm saying. What about about, uh, what about pickups where each pull piece is a little skull? skull. Yeah, I'd buy that. Sure, sure. Yeah, why not? What's the worst that could happen? How about skull inlays? Yeah, skull inlays. Oh, you got skulls on my guitar. How about screws where each screw is a skull? (laughs) How far could this be taken? This is ridiculous. All the way. But $125 to make your guitar this ugly? (laughs) This is bad. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me let me pause real quick to get this set up. Great. Okay. So what we're going to do here. Well, hold on. Hold okay. On. Okay. Let's Before, talk about what we're drinking. Yeah. We're drinking uh, some Canadian stuff. A. A. We got some Canadian stuff here. Uh, we got got a moose head. A. A. A logger. Uh, got another logger here. A Burke and squirrel. A. Yeah. It's uh, it's a boot seven percent, or yeah, rather, a, or boot five percent. Yeah, it's closer to a boot five percent here. Uh, it's got a French option here at the bottom. You got yeah. beer and you beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> says uh, it says it's craft with attitude. <laughs> craft with attitude, eh? Take <laughs> off, hoser. <laughs> All right, uh, this is pretty good stuff. This was sent to us by Grace and Gold. Yeah, we started off the show drinking the Moosehead, and we've moved on to the Barking Squirrel. I like it. This is real nice. Yeah, they're both loggers. They're both really smooth. Yeah, we don't get a lot of uh, loggers in San Diego. It's a cold. It's a cold brew. Is it? That's how you make a lager. You have to do it at a certain temperature. I have no idea. Um, I when really I lo- drink a lager, I usually just go for like Sam Adams or I think Carl Strauss has a decent lager. They're local. Sure, sure. And most of the the, the uh, the local craft brewers don't do the lager probably well, because it's pale L crazy out here. Too. I think it is a temperature thing. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a season where it's cold enough to make it here. So oh. you have to artificially do it to officially mm. make a lager. I think, I think that's the way it works. I have no idea. People can correct us on the Facebook group if they want. Um, but yeah, thanks Grayson. Uh, he sent these out to us. He, he, he did the craziest packaging job. I've job I've ever seen for beer. I saw those pictures. Uh, I think it was, probably more weight in packaging material than in beer <laughs> um thank you a lot we really are enjoying it yeah we're two-thirds of the way through we will s- slam that other one uh, at some point yeah we've got we're gonna do another episode tonight so yeah. uh we'll be drinking them all all right so tonight today whenever you're listening <laughs> okay <laughs> let me do a better intro for when we cut for the video okay so we're gonna do a uh we're gonna do our little review of the quilter here. Yeah, this is the quilter tone block two hundred. Yeah, uh, it's a compact, uh, compact uh, three knob solid state amp. It's two hundred watts. Um, D, I think it's class D power supply, so it's um, super lightweight. What's it weigh? Like eight pounds? Maybe? Oh, I wouldn't even be able to guess. It's so small and so yeah. light. I want to say it's somewhere in the eight I pound would, neighborhood. I would guess five. Maybe I'm not no holding idea. it right now. I just feel like it's really, really light. It's very compact. It's very loud. Yeah, well, uh, and I've I've got it set up here to A B against the Princeton. Yeah, you've got it set at uh, on, on the ten watt setting. Yeah, it's at ten watts with the gain. What is that? Well, the the gain starts at noon for the guitar setting, so the gain's got to be at like twenty percent. Sure, I you know. I use this. We'll talk about how I used it a sure. little later on. 
Well, let me just give a sound uh, yeah. comparison real quick. Uh, here is the Quilter Clean. I'm using my SG with uh, what is what are these pickups that are? I don't know. The Burst Buckers in the bridge. Oh, the Burst Bucker in the bridge, and the is it the Dream 180 from GFS in the neck? In the neck. Um, the Quilter is running into a Salvage Custom guitar cab that has uh, cream backs in it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and then the Princeton is just stock. It's a stock reissue. Yeah. Uh, the the Quilter has an SM57 on it. The Princeton has an SM58 because I don't have multiple 57s. Right, but uh, they should be pretty similar. Pretty close, pretty close to each other. So here, here's the Quilter clean. And here's the Princeton. They definitely have like a different voicing. Yeah, we tried to EQ them as closely as we could, uh, but because the quilter is basically a contour knob, uh huh, uh, you're limited on your ability to like when you're turning the contour, like you're raising the mids. Yeah, and that's it. Versus on the Princeton, you can change uh, what all is it all three? There's only two tone knobs on there. Is it just bass and treble? Low and high. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're right. Bass and treble. <laughs> so I guess before we get too much into the demo, I'll, I'll talk about how I've been using this thing. I've used it for church uh, and I've used it for my surf band for live performances and for practices. I did two live shows with it and I did one church show with it. Okay. And I think two or three practices with it. I've, I've used it quite a bit and gotten very familiar with it. I've done some, a bunch of home stuff with it, obviously. Um, oh, there, so the website actually says four pounds. Four I knew it was light. It's very light, very compact. Uh, I gotta say this is a very usable amp. Yeah, when we say this thing's compact, it's probably... It's half a rack It's space. a half rack space. It's, I would, you know, if you're not familiar with rack units, it's maybe about the size of like the Strymon Big Sky. Sure. In terms of footprint. It's about as big as like a Super Nintendo. I think it's smaller than a you Super Nintendo. You think it's smaller Nintendo. than a Super Nintendo? Anyway, the point is it's really small. What about a Sega Genesis? Uh, Yeah, it's probably around the size. Of, no, it's definitely smaller than a Sega Genesis. Okay, it's around that size. It's like game console size. Yeah, if you had like um, the Nintendo, the second version not of the original NES, not, right. the, not the gray box, but the one that was like the... The cream and red box, it's maybe that size. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I th This thing is so loud, I can't believe it. It goes up to 200 watts. I feel like it's more like 300 watts, how loud it feels. So I don't know if this is true, but I read on a forum that these amps allow you to crank it to 200 watts. Uh -huh. But then they actually, that's like 200 watts RMS, and it's a very loose... Uh, reading. I don't know if this is true. Okay. This is just something I read um, that this is actually a 400 watt amp. Oh my god. But gosh. you can only turn it up to 200 watts. Oh, okay. But instead of like, so one of the things that makes this amp unique and hopefully we can kind of demonstrate is it's very responsive. Uh huh. Very punchy. Uh, very punchy. It, it sounds great. But like, if we dialed it in dirty and then played soft, like it's gonna it's gonna clean up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not all the normal things. like dynamics you get it from a guitar amp, right? Um, but the thing is, is normally like if you were to take a uh, a solid state amp, turn the master, which is basically what the wattage knob is, uh -huh. to ten, you'd clip it like it, you, and then like hit the guitar really hard even with like the preamp down a little like you would risk like clipping out and, and blowing the thing up sure um what i have read is basically that this amp you can turn the master up to 200 watts but it actually has a capability to go beyond that right so, so, your, so your peaks won't max it out yeah so the peaks aren't maxing out so in that sense it's behaving more like a tube amp whereas like an ac30 crank or an ac30 30 watts is the clean tone for an AC30. Right. But if you crank that thing up and you're digging in, you're putting out more than 30 watts. Right. Or You're just pushing 30 watts against a uh, a hole that allows 
You're pushing you're pushing more than 30 watts through a hole that only allows 30 watts through. Right, exactly. And that's where you get your clipping. Exactly. But with tube clipping, tube clipping obviously sounds it's, better it's than solid state clipping. Yeah. Generally in, in people's yeah, opinions. Unless, you know, you have a tube screamer. Right, right. Until you put it in a little box on your board. <laughs> anyway. Right, right. But, so that's neither here nor there. It, my my opinion on this thing is that it doesn't sound like a tube amp. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think right. I, it sounds like a really good solid state amp to me. Yeah. Um, it rem definitely reminds me of using the acoustic 150. It's got kind of that dry, punchy, barky kind of sound. Yeah. Like, like a little bit of like a quack to it. Princeton's got more of like a compressed sweet sound. And that's that's a really useful sound to me when you're playing in a loud band. Like I feel like it really cuts through the mix well, especially if you're doing uh, stuff with kind of like time-based effects, like delays and reverbs yeah. and stuff like that. That stuff doesn't get compressed by a tube. It it goes straight through basically yeah so if there's a sound that you've dialed in with your your pedal board or with a modeler or anything like that at every volume you're going to get it exactly how you dialed in it at home yeah which is great you know some people just don't want that i think there's there's people out there who are down on solid state because like oh it doesn't sound like my tube amp that i use at the blues club and i crank it up to, and I push a, uh, a booster into it to make it drive. And then I'd use a solid state with my booster and it didn't do that. It's like, it's a completely different piece of technology. Like you're using it wrong if you try to use it like a tube amp is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but if you use it as a really great sounding solid state amp, then it's going to be great for you. So that's kind of my takeaway on it. How, how did you feel about using it? So I ran this, uh, I took this and used it to play bass. Of and, course, because uh, you're a bassist. Because I'm a bass player mostly. And uh, so I'll start off by saying I've actually, I was, uh, I've messed with it a little bit with guitar. Um, and I think it sounds just fantastic with guitar. Sure. Uh, the contour knob is really functional, which uh -huh. it should be, but I feel like as an EQ for the sounds that I want, it's really good. Uh, all the way uh, counterclockwise, it's kind of a fendery mid-scoop. Yeah. Uh, 12 o'clock is a flat EQ contour. Uh-huh. And then all the way clockwise is a... I guess a Marshall-y or a Vox contour. It's like a British sound where the, the highs and the mids are pushed and the lows are kind of scooped yeah. out. So, um, and then, you know, you can use all the positions kind of in between if you want, kind of like a mix of of uh, things on the sweep. So when I set this thing up for bass, um, I ran it straight up and down, uh -huh. uh, 12 o'clock. I took the master all the way up to 200. Right. And I set the uh, preamp volume... Or the preamp, the gain, gain, uh, at to line level, basically as loud as I needed it to be. So I was actually running it at about uh, 11, 10, 11 o'clock, I would guess. Okay. Um, which is actually about where I normally the amp I have I usually use is a uh, Galen Kruger Backline six hundred, which is a three hundred watt amp. I don't know why it's called the Backline six hundred when it's a three hundred watt amp, but whatever. <laughs> um. It's because they uh, want you to buy two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was using. I that's what I usually use uh, as a bass amp. I think I thought the quilter sounded great. Sure. Um, when I I didn't really use the British setting because with the British with the bass drop off, it just doesn't really sound great. It's yeah, not that's really not going to work. Um, the mid contour or like the middle position, the so flat. the flat EQ, yeah. gave me a really uh, just normal response, like what I usually try to get my bass to sound like, which is just everything sounds pretty even. The Fender scoop or that mid scoop sound uh, is a I keep calling it a Fender scoop. I don't remember what they call it in the manual, but that's basically what they're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually sounds really cool on bass. It gives you kind of that thumpy 60s R&B tone. Oh, cool. So think like uh, Ampeg B15 kind of sure. a thing. Uh, like something you'd like, hear like in 
like behind Diana Ross or something right. like that. Yeah. Think like uh, Flat Wounds or, or you know, for me, it actually just sounded a lot like what I feel like I sound like when I play with a, my thumb. It's just that real woody, yeah, almost upright bass kind of sound. Gotcha. Now, the one thing I will say, and I, I don't know if it's an issue with the cab I was using, uh, which was a PV1820 cab, um, but this isn't a great bass amp if you're doing like super low end heavy stuff like super modern sounds right if you're really wanting like a a boo kind of a thing yeah yeah if you want to um, shake people's teeth out of their head yeah it doesn't really it gets loud but it doesn't really have that big bottom end going on uh-huh um but for what I was doing, like the real even response was really great. I tend to be a little more low mids and mids focused with my bass playing. Uh huh. So that worked out okay. Um, the other thing uh, was that it was, I mean, it was a breeze to set up. The guy who I was playing with was like, what the heck is that? Yeah. We had kind of like a, a cool gear conversation with it. But I mean, it, it was great. It took me five minutes to dial in the sound I wanted because it's so simple yeah uh, that I just it was a pleasure and I'm kind of bummed that we're going to have to send it back <laughs> yeah they've already given us the return shipping is, is taped to the box so I'm probably going to send it out back in the next week but yeah it's just been a lot of fun to play with I'd say that if there's anything I would say I didn't like about it or change about it is it I know they're going for the super simple thing uh I would love to have more control over the mid frequencies. Right. Um, like just like if they put a stacked knob on there that allowed you to have some mid control, that would go a long want way for more me. More mids? Or um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'd like to be able to like well, I guess I guess it could be a control over the high too, because there's no setting on this where you get to dial down the high, which was my problem is that normally I run my amp pretty dark and then run bright things into it for, right. for my surf band. Um, so I had to like figure out ways to dial back the brightness on my board or on my guitar to not like get ice picky on s certain settings. Yeah. Which I, I was able to figure that out. I was able to get it to where I needed it to be. But if it was on the amp, then it would be easy for me to dial the highs back or dial the mids up to defeat the highs, you know. So that's really where I was with it. Um, yeah. Another I, question I, I have about it is why they use the knobs that click. Like it's, yeah, it's, that, that was kind of a weird thing. It's got a, like a division click on there where each knob like has like a hundred different clicks on it. And messing around with it, I was able to feel that in between the clicks, it is doing a, like, a sweep. It's not a hard click in the in the frequency. And I was able to actually, like, trick it into sitting in between clicks huh. for micro adjustments. Uh, but I wonder why they decided to use that kind of pot instead of a smooth pot. I, I wonder what the, the function of that is, what their thinking is. Right. Maybe they'll get back to us and let us know. Um, other than that, I thought it was great. If I owned one of these, I might figure out how to mount it into my pedal board or build like some kind of rack unit to carry it around. Right. I felt like this, uh, this amp is a great... Uh, it would be a great backup... For anyone. Oh, absolutely. If you're going on tour, it's, you just throw this in the trunk of your car or in the back of the bus. If anything goes wrong with any amp, you can pull this out in a yeah. bench. Uh, as a, for myself, as a multi-instrumentalist, uh -huh. and by multi, that I really just so mean, douchey. I know. <laughs> uh, really just guitar and bass. Um, but say you're in a touring band or right. like you're in a band and you just, you want an amp, like you have guitar, bass, maybe you have keys. Yeah. Maybe you have, I don't know, something else. That you have a DJ booth. Theremin. Yeah. You have uh, a, you, you run a real simple uh, microphone situation. You run a single mic. Yeah. You've got a, a computer that you're doing tracks from and you need an amp that isn't going to take up a ton of space that you can just pull out to replace 
I used it for bass, totally happy. You used it for guitar, pretty happy. Yeah, pr- I'm, uh, I would have no problem gigging with this yeah, all the time this, with, for my surf band. Yeah, I, I think this, I, you know, I'm kind of saying like, oh, this would be like the perfect backup amp for anyone. But along with that, I would say that I think this is probably a great gigging amp for probably at least two thirds of the guitar players out there. Sure. Like if you just have a, if you just have simple amp needs, which I think a lot of people do have, I think most people do whether they realize it or not. You know, most people, you don't actually need to have this super crazy amp with the tubes, you know, done just right. And you know, every EQ option on there, most people need a three knob amp. Yeah, you know, uh, so many because pe- the way we run boards now and effects and everything, you've got EQ settings everywhere. You got your your voicing set on your board, and you really just need the amp to be your loud box. Yeah, so, so many people are um, running like big boards, and they have their always on drive and whatever. Uh-huh. That I think that this amp could really work for them. Yeah, and I know there's. We have listeners are like, oh, but it's solid studio, whatever. But I, I thought it sounded great. Well, let's let's do a little bit of demoing with it. Um, we had when we first posted that we got this thing and we were going to be doing a review. People basically asked us to do some tests with running fuzzes and drives into it, right? With the thought that the downfall of a lot of solid state amps is that those things can be too brittle. Sure, where a tube amp kind of naturally softens that stuff and you get a more natural sound out of like a very gritty uh, fuzz or overdrive. So uh, I'm going to use the McCaffrey Audio Green Vodka down here, which is basically a Big Muff clone. Right. And I'll mess around with it on uh, the quilter and then we'll go back and forth between the Princeton. And the Princeton is naturally a brighter amp, so it might actually sound a little bit grittier. The, uh, The quilter I found is, like I said earlier, it's kind of a barky kind of uh, dry sounding amp but I don't think it's going to be brittle mm-hmm. let's see what happens alright clean signal that was the quilter and then the Princeton and then here's the uh, the fuzz here that's the quilter Princeton. The Princeton is brighter. Yeah, I mean, one thing that is tough about the comparison we're doing is that the speakers in the Salvage are, I think, are just a lot beefier. Oh, totally. Than what are in the Princeton. Um, and also, it's a different mic. So there are going to be there are going to be things here that make this not fair. Yeah. Uh, but I think what we we're really trying to listen for here is whether or not this is an amp that is handling. You know, drives well. Yeah. Or if it's, you know, doing some kind of weird thing that isn't guitar appropriate. Right. Know? Like, we're, we're showing you that you can run a fuzz into this and it's doing something normal with it. It's not like some cheap solid state from Crate or Line 6 that's just going to sound really weird because it's too brittle or too... It's just a circuit taken out of, you know, like something that should have been a low wattage PA or something, you know. Sure. Like, this is a guitar amp. It's a, it's a musical amp. Here's a light gain setting. I think that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's here's the Princeton real quick. Like the Princeton has more of, I guess, like what you describe as a more of a three D sound, where there's more EQ depth going on there. Sure, but I think that's just because it's a lot brighter uh, at these volumes. Um, I. 
have tube amps that obviously would be a lot darker than this. Yeah, I think depending on how you're running your setup. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it doesn't sound bad. It just sounds kind of different. Yeah, it sounds very different, but it sounds like a guitar amp. Like it's, I feel like I'm getting more of like a Marshall-y sort of vibe right. out of the quilter. Let's try like a light overdrive. This is a pedal that we're going to be doing a review of in the near future. Yes. That there's a Kickstarter for. I literally, you open this up, you look at the number on it. It doesn't say 001. It just says zero. Yeah. This is the the zero number pedal of this. So we have basically the prototype. Uh, it is the, the Civic Crown Overdrive from FX. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh it actually has a there's a name that goes with that it's not just fx yeah i the logo is too small for me to read it right here <laughs> uh tailored fx yeah tailored fx so we're going to be right. doing a review for this soon it's a really cool pedal it's basically like a tube screamer voiced sort of overdrive with a three band eq on it uh here it is <laughs> That's out of the quilter. And that was a Princeton. Here's here's what I gotta say about the voicing, like the EQ difference between the Princeton and the quilter. I feel like the the quilter is that kind of midi, barky sound that is the kind of sound that actually cuts through the mix with in your yeah. band setting. The Princeton, the the tone we're getting out of it at these settings is gonna disappear in the mix a little bit more when you're in a sure. band setting. And I love the Princeton. The Princeton's a great amp, but it doesn't cut through the mix as well. Yeah. Like this kind of mid bark that you get out of the quilter, that's like your perfect band tone. Yeah. Like you're gonna cut over the drums, you're gonna cut under the bass, you're gonna be in the mix, you know? In the mix. In the mix. Uh, I think it sounds great with a, a lighter overdrive. There's no like hard, bright clipping there. No, no, it at sounds all. nice and smooth. The thing that's going to be missing versus a tube amp is that it doesn't have that hard compression at the top of your pick, you know? It's just clean punch. It's not like I'm not, I don't have the Princeton up high enough to show the compression, but. There's a little bit of of a little bit of like wah wah, you know, at the at the at the yeah, top of the pick. Yeah, where you're just got a little bit of compression, and you know, there's people who who really like that, and you really like that, then you get a tube amp. If you don't need that, then you can get a solid state and not have it. Yeah. But for me, for for doing surf rock, it's just fine. I don't need to have that compression. Uh, here, we'll throw a little reverb on here. My uh, FRV one. Sounds fine to me. Here's a Princeton. I mean, they both sound good. Yeah. They're just totally different flavors. I would say I'm listening to it. The Princeton like sounds, I mean, it sounds like what the Princeton has always sounded like yeah. when you dial it in. The way the quilter's dialed in right now, uh, it definitely reminds me a lot of the acoustic like you said before or yeah. even kind of more like uh like the your classic 50 i feel like you dial in a similar tone sure it's just well, a that's little a, darker that's a, that's a darker amp than the princeton yeah. for sure but you know i i definitely i think really the take home is is that um and this is something I've talked about before on the podcast. It's something that I've ranted on on so many groups on Facebook, so many different forums. What Quilter is doing is they're saying like, this, this is technology. How far can we go with it? Yeah. How good can we make this? Yeah. And they've made a really good product. It's a workhorse, man. It's, I think, $400. Yeah. That, that's the part that's really nuts is that you got this $400 thing you can use with any instrument. Like this is with the, the it dialed into the guitar gain setting. The line setting is is basically just 
well, clear. It's, it's all continuous. There's it just, just no gain it on just it. Just is how high your gain needs yeah, to be. Yeah, and I don't. I've messed around with the gain, like turning the gain all the way up to get an overdrive out of this because it does overdrive. Yeah. Um, it's not incredible, but I don't think it's meant to be your main gain. It's meant to simulate uh, an amp that's being pushed yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's it's very much a at least on the settings that I tried it where I did that. It's very much like a. a f- uh, master volume fender crank sure sure where it's like oh it's an okay drive but you know it's not and maybe be, it's your flavor but f- yeah. for a lot of people i don't think it will be and if um, you need if you want an amp that has tube like like overdrive then just get a tube amp yeah if yeah. you are running your drives all from pedals then you're fine you don't need to worry about it you know you don't need to have an amp that drives well unless you're pushing the tubes for some reason. Yeah. You know, and that's people talk real big talk like, oh, I need to push my tubes. How often are you actually doing that at home? You're not doing that unless you've got a five watt amp, you know? Right. If, if you're doing it at your gig, if you're, you know, depending on the size of your gig, you're either blowing away the first row or you're not loud enough because your amp isn't you know, the right wattage for the situation. If you're playing a random venue, you know, for studio stuff, you can dial in that stuff a little bit better, but it's, you know, there's a lot of variables with, with tube amps that I don't spend the time trying to deal with it in a live setting just because it's, it's tough to get the exact sound that you want at the volume you want in a random venue that you don't know the acoustics of it, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my little rant on tube amps. <laughs> and, no, and one of the reasons why I've been a big uh, fan of the acoustic and of kind of vintage solid state is that you're going to get what you get at every volume, basically, you know? So that's that's the strong point of solid state. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about this thing? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I, like I said, I think, I think they're worth checking out. I think yeah, if you're totally. on a budget, if you have a cab already... This has a direct out. If yeah. you're in a situation where you need to run direct, uh, I kind of have like the predecessor in in a yeah in a familial sense, not of to this in a conceptual blog, sense. In a conceptual sense, yeah, it's not family related in any way. No, uh, which was the crate power block, which came uh-huh. out like maybe ten years ago, and uh, the biggest difference between these two is that the power block is noisy. Oh yeah, yeah. It does have some like line noise issues in my experience with it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The quilter's dead silent. Yeah. Well, it's you know we're getting a little buzz here, but I can't tell if that's from the Princeton or I think not. It's from the Princeton. Um, it doesn't sound any louder than any other amp I've ever used. I do, I haven't noticed its sound. So that's all you need to know. I I had a lot of fun with it at church. I ran it direct out and to an amp at the same time. Yeah. And that was really useful and really fun because I used the amp to monitor my tone and to kind of get my amp tone out to the audience. Yeah, and you used the direct out so the sound man can turn you off. Exactly. The sound man could feel like he had control to turn me all the way down. Um, Yeah, it's just a super useful tool. It's, you know, like I said, it's limited in its EQing. But you could throw uh, an EQ on your board, like a 10-band or something, and get more control over that. Yeah. Um, If you're looking for a light amp to grab and go, I think it's great. Yeah. If you're looking for a clean amp to be really loud, I think it's great. I I don't have any, like, damning complaints about this thing, basically. No way, man. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. Uh, We got a song, right? Yeah, we got a song from Donnie Coyle. His band, The Dead Squirrels, and I think this song is called Because Music. This goes with our beer, but the Barking Squirrel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We the, got bark, s- the Barking Squirrel died, and he became the Dead Squirrel. <laughs> so the song is Because Music. It sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, the intro part of it kind of reminds me of Jewel. Like yeah. I'm getting like a strong Jewel vibe off of it, and then it goes into like a full country sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun song. You guys should listen to it all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Uh, thanks again to everyone who pledged money to the show. Uh, if you're curious about that, look up information on our Podbean account or look yeah, it I up. I think it's uh, cf.podbean.com. Something like that. Slash maybe? I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you can find it. I don't know where it. the link is. We'll put the link on the Facebook group again. Um, 
you can always email us to ask if you are confused about anything. Uh, it sounds like it, it takes the money out at the beginning of each month. Yeah. So it's you'll see it there on your charge if you do it. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Walked on just to block it all off Just thinking about my life and all the things I've lost I gotta hold on I gotta stay strong Pull out my tunes, put my headphones on And put the record on And hear my favorite song And then the worries all Thank you.